is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give Natalie a lot of credit. <laughs> Anytime you come up with a child, you know, that's taking a big risk. <laughs> and then, the most impressive part is how she recovered from it, right? <laughs> that's the hardest part, let me tell you. I love you because. Does it make you feel uncomfortable even me just saying that? Now just imagine if you were to say that to somebody in your life. Just looking them right in the eyes and saying that. I love you because. It's harder than you might realize. Maybe for some of you, this kind of makes you feel nervous, a little anxious just even hearing about it. But let me tell you, it's powerful. You could do that to each other just to look each other square in the eyes. Don't add anything to it. Just look right at each other and say that. I love you because. That was something that was recommended to me by one of my professors. It helps me in kind of a coaching group. And he said, if you want to have greater intimacy in the relationships in your life, then try doing that. He was talking first about uh, with our spouses. There's four of us guys in the group. So I started doing that with Gina. And I said, let's try this. And I told her about it. And it was uncomfortable. And, we, you know, we're pretty open about our feelings with each other. And we started doing that. And then we'd write little notes. And she would say things to me like, I love you because you're so good looking and have such an awesome physique. <laughs> you're so amazing in the kitchen, you know. <laughs> oh. It feels good to laugh, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, you can imagine some of the things we would say. And, you know, uh, it was really a good exercise. And we haven't done it lately, but uh, some of the notes that she would leave me, I kept. Because there were things that maybe I didn't know or that they were really important to, for me to hear. And one time I wrote a note uh, for her that uh, somewhere around our house, and I see it from time to time. Maybe it's even one of my bookmarks. And I said to her, I love you because... You don't hold my worst moments against me. Hmm. That one connects kind of deep, doesn't it? Isn't that what all of us want in our lives? of People, relationships. First of all, that we can trust, which I'm learning more and more about how uh, fragile trust is. 30, I, I heard a number, um, this is random, a study that was done on churches that says only 30% of people trust their church the church that they attend, 30% of people who are church attenders, 30% trust their church and their church leaders. It used to be like 66% before the pandemic. Now it's down to 30. Wow. You know, to be honest with you, a quick aside, that's one of the reasons I try and preach like this is because I want you to see that you can just, I'm just talking to you. I'm just speaking from my heart so that we can trust each other. Right? It's really important. We all want these kinds of relationships where we feel like we can trust the person and that they're not going to hurt us. And that if we mess up, which uh, maybe Chuck doesn't mess up, but I mess up you know, <laughs> regularly. We all mess up. That when we mess up, when we do something wrong, when we do something we regret, that that person, especially the people closest to us in our life, won't hold that moment and like come back at us sometime. And unfortunately, in my life, I've had a lot of relationships where that is... Those, those worst moments are held against me. Maybe not verbally, but you know, you can tell if somebody's holding on to something from the past. So for Gina to not 
hold those moments against me is really, really powerful and healing. But isn't that what we all want? Those types of relationships, that kind of depth and intimacy and trust. That's the kind of trust and uh, safety that David is expressing within this psalm. Let me read it to you again. David says, um, Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. So David is coming to God with this trust, with this assumption that he'll be forgiven. He's saying, I'm, I'm going to open myself to you, God, because I know that you're not going to hold my worst moments against me. And he continues then to say, don't remember the sins of my past, which oftentimes in the church when we talk about repentance, we think it's the one-time thing, right? When we give our life to Jesus, all the, the past is wiped out, but we forget how important confession and repentance is every day. So David clarifies that. He says, don't remember the sins of my past or my transgressions. Present moment. The ones from today or the ones from yesterday. And he says, according to your steadfast love. He knows that if he says, I'm sorry, God, that God is going to forgive him. He's going to welcome him back and and not hold it against him. And do you notice that David, as he's, uh, maybe he didn't because it's really long, You notice that David is also asking that that, uh, the Lord would show him the way. Teach me, Lord. Teach me your ways. But that somehow David's sin was keeping him from from walking in the way that God would want for him. So he needed first to say, I'm sorry for the ways that I've sinned, for my transgressions. Yes, from the past, but also the ones from uh, the present day. David has this assurance that leads him to repentance. And the repentance itself leads to an assurance and trust. Trusting that if you say, I'm sorry to God, that you will be forgiven. And this is again what's echoed in 1 John uh, chapter 1. Listen to this. This is about Jesus. If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and we And we do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay, so sometimes we say, okay, I received the blood of Jesus. I was baptized. Well, for the Methodist tradition, that's when we're babies. So not much sinning going on at that point, right? (laughs) says, so uh, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But if we say that we have no sin, now in the present moment as adults, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. God's way is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's that assurance and trust that if we confess our sins, He who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make Him to be a liar and the Word is not with us. Well, that's powerful. So to be able to write the note, for me to be able to have experienced that with Gina, which I experienced still today, I I can assure you 
that she doesn't hold those moments against me. But to be able to have that kind of assurance, I had to go to her at some point and say, I'm sorry. Otherwise, if I try and hide from it or pretend it didn't happen, which is the common thing of what we do when we know that we've wronged somebody, we say, well, it'll get better. I'll just move on from it. Brush it under the rug. Pretend it didn't happen. You know, distract ourselves or numb ourselves so that we don't have to feel that pain or risk that uncertainty of coming back to somebody and saying, I'm sorry. If I were to do that with Gina, which is very tempting, I would never know that she doesn't hold that stuff against me. How could I know? And probably, I would assume that she is holding it against me, even if she's not. Because truthfully, most of us, we don't need other people to judge us. That's why we don't ask for forgiveness, because we're hard enough on ourselves. If we make a mistake, we say, gosh, I'm such a, I'm such a bad person. I feel so guilty. I didn't come to church as much as I want. I feel so guilty. I don't judge you for that. That's between you and the Lord. You know, or whatever it might be that you feel guilty about, it's hard to then ask for forgiveness because you already feel bad within yourself. And you say, I don't want to feel worse. But the reality is that we can, when we confess our sins, when we repent to other people, but especially to God, then we can experience assurance of God's love for us. Then we can turn to God and say, God, I love you because you don't hold my worst moments against me. Because all those things that I don't like about myself, you don't hold them against me. Because all those things that I know I did wrong in the past, you don't hold them against me. Yes, the blood of Christ has washed them away, but I can experience the forgiveness that you offer. But in order to have that kind of assurance, we have to say, I'm sorry. Have to be willing to admit our sins. First of all, just to God. I'm not asking to set up, you know, set up a confessional booth up here. <laughs> we have some people who are good at construction in our church. You know, can you build me a little conf- come after service? I'm not asking for that. I'm just encouraging you to be honest with yourself. How is my life? How is, how is my attitude? How are my choices? How are the ways I'm treating other people? How are they matching up to what God wants for us? If you can start to ask yourself that question and to repent to the Lord, well, then you might be able to do it with other people. Because that's the hardest space. If I know that I've wronged you, Deb, it's super hard to come to you and say, Deb, I'm really sorry for the way that I've acted or the way that I treated you. That's so hard. Because it's risky. Am I going to be rejected? Is Joanne going to yell at me when I say I'm sorry? Yeah, you should be sorry. You should be. That's our worst fear. Or maybe more stuff is going to be brought up. Or have you ever had somebody in your life who said, yeah, it's just like the other time when you did this. And so we don't even go there. But you see, friends, God is not like that. We need to accept the fact that the cross has dealt with our sin. So that every time we feel guilt, we can turn to Jesus and say, I'm sorry. And to receive the love and forgiveness that He's made possible for us. So I wonder, what what does that look like in your life? What does repentance look like? Some people are really good at it, I know. Like, 
Maybe you're saying, yeah, this is, duh, Pastor Chad, repentance is important. <laughs> and you know, there used to be a time within the worship service that we would have confession and pardon often. And I'm not opposed to that, I just haven't been doing it lately. But it's super important for us to, to have some space in our life, even just alone, where we can say, I'm sorry, God. Teach me the right way. That was the wrong way. Teach me the right way. So when I was on this silent retreat in January, just uh, at the very beginning of January, I spent a lot of time with God, and I'm looking back in my old journals to see the path that I'd been on and what God had done in my life to this point. And I realized, I've told you this part, that even though I'd learned so much information about God, my willingness to be attentive to what God was pointing me towards in life, in other words, like a spiritual discernment, was very low. And I just sort of depended upon my own rationale and and insight to make decisions. And I realized that and I felt so convicted as I'm sitting there by myself. And for the first time in a long time, I dropped down to my knees and I said, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry for the way that I tried to take control of my own life and let my wisdom and and, uh, capacity be what drives leading this church. So in the same moment, I surrendered to say, Lord, I'm sorry for trying to take control of my own life and would you please show me, like David, would you please show me your way? Would you please teach me your path? Would you help me to see myself for who I really am? Which, by the way, includes being a beloved child of God. So forgiveness, or repentance rather, opens us to receive forgiveness which can help us to receive the love that God has for us. So then instead of saying, I'm so whatever, we can say, I'm so loved. I'm so appreciated by God. I'm so precious in God's sight. And yes, I sin, and yes, I screw up, but every time I repent, I get this fresh awareness of the forgiveness that God offers us. Isn't that an amazing potential that we have? Potential to grow? Potential to be continually renewed? How can we be defeated by our sin if we, continue, if we can constantly turn to Jesus and, and just be renewed by His grace? That was powerful. It was a powerful moment for me. And I, just, I want to share that because it's not like I'm talking about things I did 10 years ago and now you should do. It's something that happened a couple months ago. and has led me to a, a, a habit of daily repentance, of just saying, sorry, sorry God. Can you please help me? And I think that's the posture that God wants from us. It's just the, the healthy dependence upon the Holy Spirit to guide us in life. That's it. So, what does repentance look like in your life? Maybe some of you have like spiritual friends who you could say, you know, I need to confess something to you. That's really powerful if you have that. That's pretty rare. <laughs> Someone you can turn to and say, you know, I... I really was, uh, had lustful thoughts and I just need to confess that so I can receive forgiveness. Or I was really gossiping and was really judgmental towards that person and I just need to confess that because I know that's not what God wants. Or I was just really you know, self-centered and I know that that's not what God wants for us so I need to confess that. Do you have anybody in your life who can do that? Who you can do that with? 
I mean, that's what church is supposed to be. Yes, it's a private thing, like, you know, you all having your own encounter with, with God right now, but this is what church is supposed to be, where we can create that space for one another, not so that we can say, wow, well, you've really been a bad sinner this week, <laughs> but so that we can let go of the guilt and shame and receive God's grace. But we have to be willing to confess it, to let it out, get it out of there, just like we read in 1 John. If you don't have anybody in your life that you can do that with, I'm, I'm happy to do that with you. It's totally confidential, totally confidential if you want to talk about stuff like that. But maybe you can just start with like a, a journal. That's what I do at the end of the day. If, if I, something comes to mind, I'll just write it out. As, that's my prayer. That's my written prayer. Lord, I'm sorry for getting so far ahead of you in this day. I'm, I'm sorry for doubting that you would be with me or that you would love me or whatever, whatever it might be. Just journal it out. So maybe that's a step you could take. Maybe it's just uh, some written prayer, some uh, canned prayer, you know, that, like a liturgical prayer that you can pray. Somebody else giving you the words. That's powerful as well. I don't know what that step is for you, but I hope you can see the importance of repentance, of confession. Repentance is more than just confession. It's also like David saying, God, I'm sorry for this, but teach me your ways. And that's what hopefully we're doing here is learning God's ways so that we can live as renewed people, God's people, step by step together. So when we turn to repentance, when we turn to God in repentance, we can realize that we can say to God, God, I love you because you don't hold my worst moments against me. And when we do that, we realize that this is what God says to us. I love you because you are mine. Because I knew you before you were in the womb. Because I gave you a unique personality and giftedness so that you could serve me and reflect my glory in the world. I love you because my greatest desire is to be with you every moment of every day. That's what God says to us. So I hope that you can find some encouragement to turn towards the things that you're most ashamed of, perhaps, within yourself. And then you can say to God, I'm sorry, God, so that you can realize, like the psalmist says, that God forgives us every time. And listen, this is what I read this morning, no joke. So in my totally separate uh, scripture reading, I've got my own little program. Open it up. This is the second passage that I read. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because. <laughs> Can't make it up. <laughs> I love the Lord because He has heard my voice and supplications. It's, and in and, and the other one, it says, uh, He heard my prayer and in my cry for mercy. I love the Lord because He hears my prayer. In my cry for mercy. Friends, may we as God's people, in moments when we need, realize we need to repent, may we turn towards God with a quiet assurance and trust that He will embrace us and forgive us every time. Amen. So I'd like us to spend just... Um,